Good morning. Happy to be here. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's date is June 14th. Today we are reading in the big book in the chapter, How It Works, and we are at page 69 on the paragraph that starts with the sentence, Whatever Our Ideal. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Katie F., Martha Z., Nadia B., Anita L., Diane G. The reference number for yesterday, uh, Monday, June 13th, is 8827. That is 8827. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political ideology, or religious doctrine. We take a position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You study, our message is that the people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Anita L. to please read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Anita. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Anita L. from outside Philadelphia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. I will now ask for Diane G. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Diane. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one ultimate authority. Our loving God is me, he may express himself in our group conscience. Our readers are the trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thanks, Angie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described by Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters only. If you run over three minutes, you'll hear me kindly say time. But our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topics. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone please, except the speaker, should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter How It Works on page 69 with the paragraph starting with whatever our ideal. And I'm going to ask Katie F., to please begin reading. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Whatever I, our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. We must be willing to make amends where we have done harm, provided that we do not bring about still more harm in so doing. In other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. The right answer will come if we want it. God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. 
we realize that some people are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we are going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only a half-truth. It depends on us and our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and will have learned our lesson. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing. These are facts out of our experience. Okay, that's where I'm supposed to stop, right? Correct. Okay. Okay, I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater, as I already said. Um, and, yes, uh, this this just sums up exactly what my experience was. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Well, that's exactly what I did after I'd been abstinent um, for a year and I had, you know, said what I thought should be my ideal, then I, you know, made a mistake because I fell into my old um, habit of people pleasing and um, thinking that my way um, had no merit and what my desire was and what I believe God wanted me to do, that it had no merit. I just thought um, I had to do, you know, whatever the world and, um, and other people thought I should be doing. And, you know, there was a time when I, um, you know, only sought the counsel of other people. I only got other people to um, help me justify my actions um, in regards to manipulation uh, through this type of stuff. And, you know, that's where the rubber had to meet the road for me, is I had to be willing to admit to God and to another person, what I was really doing and what I really believed God wanted me to do. And, you know, thank goodness I, you know, now years later, um, you know, I'd love to say I'm just perfect at this. But it's this, just like any other character defect, as this says, can crop up. You know, when they crop up, that's what it says. Um, that we do not rise above human and become perfect at every single thing. Um, sex is a part of our uh, our life, you know, as um, someone else stated yesterday, God created sex. It's not this bad thing that we're to avoid like the plague. It is something that's meant to be uh, part of our lives. It's just... Uh, Like the food, we don't stop eating food, but we do have it in the right portions and the right amounts and uh, within a framework. And that's the same way with um, my sex ideal. You know, I didn't write a sex ideal that said, you know, I could become a porn star and God, I hope you like that. Um, You know, it's, um, it's within the realm of everything else that I've learned how to do through this program, which is. Um, you know, something I can go to bed at night and and feel comfortable with and wake up the next morning without having um, the feelings of dread and, you know, what have I done again? And through this process and through these steps and through working with others and leaning on others, you know, I can have a great life and I'm really grateful with that I'll pass. Thank you, Katie F., for getting us started. 
Okay, now before we go ahead, please, a uh, friendly reminder to keep your phone muted unless you're sharing. Uh, keep your sharing to three minutes and, and, to and on topic. We'll be focusing on that last paragraph that was read. So who would like to dive in? Katie G. from Boston. Yes. Katie G. Janice M. Yes. Larry. Larry K. Tina S. Tina F or F as in Sam? Or F as in Frank? Vasa O. All right, Vasa. Okay. Monica right, we'll T. Okay, and Monica? That I have this order: Katie G, Janice M, Larry K, Tina F, Vasa O, and Monica T. Go ahead, Katie G. Hey, me. Can you hear me? I can. All right, Katie G recovered compulsive reader anorexic and bulimic from Boston. Starting my timer. So first things first, guys. Here's the promise. We're not sorry, we're gonna eat again. All right, KDG from Boston saying that is legit. Been in the rooms for 12 years, right guys? I've been sober that whole time, but not abstinent. You do the math. Every single time I've relapsed, and it's been four times with food, um, very brief, thank you God, um, has been around relationships, has been around me not getting what I want and using food to communicate about that. And me not getting what I want because I use people like Kleenexes. And when you're not allowing me to stuff you into my chest cavity so that I feel relief, I act out. And that's just the bottom line. Um, what I love is it says if we have the honest desire, right? So I got so much healing, right guys? Cause I, you know, I don't have any shame about my sex past now and that, and my sex was the hardest thing, you know, because I was not somebody who was a nun. I, I used sex to make myself feel, feel better. And, um, you know, guys, I got freedom yesterday. Um, I finished up another fifth step because I go through the steps all the time. And um, I told um, this woman, I said, I got to tell you something. I've been using this. I've been withholding this one sexual thing um, from my fiance because I want to punish him. And um, that's not who God wants me to be, right? And, and the best thing, okay, so the honest desire. So a couple of years ago, I looked up the word desire, and I learned that it's of the Father. And for me, my God is my Father, right? So that really works for me. And um, it's not about the specifics of this, um, like, chosen ideal, because it's mine. Like, if I decide that um, I need to live in a certain way, you know, whatever, like that, I'm not the arbiter of anybody's sex conduct, as long as I'm using the, the, the tenets of program, right, guys, so, so a couple things, again, to just in the last 53 seconds, like, they're right, we're going to eat again, right, because I keep, I start using sex selfishly, right, and I don't clean it up, and eating is a step up, because I can't figure out the truth from the false and become overwhelmed, so that's not my life today. My life today is I've written and rewritten my chosen ideal. You know, the last time I wrote my ideal, I was not in a relationship. This time I am. So, like, what kind of fiancé am I going to be? And, um, 
my last amend to my fiance, um, we were with some friends and I started massaging uh, his, a friend of his back and it was inappropriate and I made amends to that, right? And, and how can I, death of self for successful living, how can I not use sex to communicate with my fiance? How can I use my words? And who does God, my father, want me to be, right? And, um, you know, just today I have the honest desire to continue one day at a time practicing compassion, patience, loving and acceptance simple guys but not easy i'm going to do it one more day shoulder to shoulder and i pass thank you katie g janice m you're up oh good morning katie i mean good morning amy i'm sorry it wasn't me so somebody else said it not me oh i beg your pardon i thought no problem no problem okay well we can move along Larry K and that person I missed if they want to chime in at the end here I can put you on the list sorry about that go ahead Larry uh, thanks so much uh, Larry K recovered compulsive reader you know it talks about the honest desire to let God take us to better things and you know perhaps the, the, the most challenge the most difficult challenge for me in the beginning of this process of release is identifying what is causing that internal struggle and and you know we we reveal ourselves to ourselves and, and slowly i found that my eyes opened up and, and you know as simple as this might seem it was not an easy place for me to get to um you know as that, as that power of kind of capture takes hold of our internal authority it can appear you know as the only solution and 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 I think this is part of what accounts for the baffling reality that makes me so resistant to change. And, um, you know, for me, you know, we I know that I didn't reach this point until the pain caused by my capture begins to overwhelm me, you know. And so I had to gather some courage to, ch- you know, to change. It, it's perhaps, you know, the, the more difficult part of this transformation. But... Um, you know, after all, what it what it required in looking at my sex conduct is uh, is a leap into the unknown. And to say that such an act requires a gesture of faith seems to put the cart before the horse because faith is what follows. I found this to be true. Faith is what follows after a new experience has been had, while hope is the quality that comes right before it. So in step four, we need to take such a risk. It's, it's crucial to take this risk. In fact, it's the only way in, we, in which, you know, we, you know, I can open myself up to something meaningful enough to actually allow my higher power to change a lot of these long-held perceptions. And it, and it took time. And while, you know, there are those few who experience profound immediate revelations, that wasn't the case for me. In fact, for many of us, the path is slow, you know, it, it unfolds slowly, and, and the transformation is only a hindsight discovery, you know, and that's what it was for me. It was a hindsight discovery, this transformation. I wasn't transformed in the moment, of, you know, with my sex conduct or anything else, in the moment I was thinking about it. It happened in hindsight, and I had to have the courage to see this process through. I think for a lot of us, for me certainly, I wanted the change as I thought about it, and that wasn't my experience. The change came in hindsight with these steps done in sequence. And uh, I'm very grateful that I was, I was able to wait and have the, God gave me the patience to wait, sometimes kicking and screaming, but he gave me the patience to wait. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. 
Thank you, Larry. Tina S., please go ahead. Thanks, Amy. Tina S., compulsive reader, anorexic in Florida. Heard some really good things. Uh, you know, one of the things that I know is originally when I, I read this part of the big book and was doing the work finally, uh, finally putting uh, pen to paper, you know, I thought, man, this ideal that I have written down is fabulous. And then my sponsor said, now, Tina, you become that. And what a novel idea and how very cool that was, the transformation that came about. But what I, I like about in this, it says, we must be willing to make amends where we have done wrong, provided we don't bring more harm, you know. And and it tells us that we ask God, you know, what we should do about each specific matter. You know, and if we are not sorry, we are sure to drink. You know, my experience with this is, um, you know, this is my experience. I'm in another 12-step pro- pro- program, and I'm seven years sober, and I'm doing this work, but um, acting out in my sex relations. And there, and for me, it was a gift because that's where my uh, eating disorder, my uh, anorexia came uh, was blown, you know, and and it was through this part of the uh, the inventory, and so what I really had to do was to to really get down to causes and conditions and look at my stuff, and um and you know today I am not that same person, you know, because I ask God what I should do about each specific matter, and it says the right answer will come if we want it, you know, my sponsor was sure to point that out, the right answer will come if you want it. You know, and and so today, I I want it. I want it. I don't want to be that same person. I have the opportunity on a daily basis to do the next right thing, um, and I'm real grateful for that because what happens? What happens is I get to stay sober and abstinent one more day, and what a gift! With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Tina, very much. Um, just a friendly reminder, you all, please stay muted. We're getting some feedback on the line, so if you could mute. Unless you're speaking, that would be great. Uh, Vasa O, could you please go ahead? Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amy G, for your service. And I'm I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And how it works, I just love the way the steps are laid out. Um, Just follow the directions. Um, sex was really the hardest for me to, to do, and that was the, like the last and most difficult thing to talk about. But again, you know, I knew I needed to do it because I didn't want to go back into the food. So um, I did it, uh, and God uh, is uh, doing the change in that area like God has been doing with the food addiction. Um, I went to any length to follow the directions in in my, like, even going back as a teenager, I remember looking for attention uh, from um, men, boys, and I flirted, uh, and I liked the attention, and uh, I acted, you know, I acted out, didn't have sex, sex, but, you know, I liked the, it was more like I wanted the attention of the male, and thank you, God, that has been lifted. Now I love men for what they are. Um, and uh, in my marriage, yes, till I came in recovery, I saw to that behavior even in my own marriage, especially once I put the food down. I, I think the food protected me, you know, being overweight and, you know, 
protecting me from men because I remember saying to myself, who would want me, you know, look at this body. And when I lost the weight, you know, and um, I started looking for that attention even more. And uh, I had carried, like, anger and resentment towards my husband because I was the persuader. The weight didn't really start coming up till later in my life, you know. I, I was still, I could still maintain it with diets over the years, but it seemed like I was the persuader. And I remember being angry at times and be resentful of my husband because I felt like he should be coming after me. Why am I, what's wrong with me, you know? But anyway, that has changed, you know, and, you know, he was, he had a fear of rejection, you know. He he was uh, experiencing some of the same stuff that I was going through, and we've been able to work through that stuff. Thank God I've gone through counseling. I sought the help, you know, in through counseling and working through the steps through sponsors and, and, and talking to other women. And as I said, I mean, for me, just to say the word sex, I, it was so embarrassing, so shameful that was not talked in our home you know but anyways thank you and much more open today with my body i can you know i don't have to cover my body anymore i feel good about my body but i'm not looking for that love and attention i get that from my higher power thank you and i pass monica t please go ahead Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater here in Florida. So, here we are. We have done our sex inventory. Lots has been revealed to me. And then after that, I have come up with a sex ideal. I have written this out. And and we're and and we must be willing to grow towards it. So now in the last paragraph it says, Well, suppose you fall short, Monica, of this ideal you've written. Are you gonna are you gonna get drunk? Are you are you what's gonna happen, you know? And they're saying, Well, maybe, but we don't really you know, if you are honest, check your motives, Monica. What's your motive? What's your reason? What's your driving force? And if you have slipped, if you have fallen, well, are you sorry for what you've done? Do you have an honest desire, a truthful, sincere, genuine desire to let God take us to better things? And I said, you know, what's your motive? And the book has the word motive a few times in it. What's your motive here, Monica? What is it you're, you're doing or trying to get here, you know? Is it a pure motive? And if you fall, well, say you're sorry. And do things differently. And I said, but now, if you're not sorry, and if you continue to do the same behavior that you've done before, that's been shown to you in this sex inventory that you did, you will eat again. You will get drunk again. So they're telling us, you know, keep working on it. Recovery is a learning process, you know, and we are practicing new thinking here. And when we practice new thinking, it leads to new behaviors, different behaviors, and keep practicing, keep working at it, you know, and always, always be checking your motives. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. So is there anyone else that would like to share on this last paragraph that we've read? Please chime in. Chrissy G. 
Chrissy G. Paula D. Paula D. Kim G. Kim G. Probably take one more. Renata. Oh, okay. We'll go with that then. We're going to go with Chrissy G, Paula D, Kim G, and Renata. Renata, what's your last initial, please? What page, please? Page 70. Okay, go ahead, Chrissy. Renata G. Oh, Renata G, I got that. Thank you very much. Go ahead, Chrissy. Okay, no problem. Hi, I'm Chrissy she recovers compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. And I just wanted to just um just add my my thoughts, just a few thoughts that I had this morning about as I was walking and I was listening to yesterday's meeting on my walk and then some of today's meeting today. And I was just thinking how the main the main theme in my inventory where I really um perverted or misused my God given instinct for for sex, for the desire to have sex and, you know, um have relationships with with the opposite sex. It was in objectifying people and making them a tool for my my use, my purposes and that was a theme across the board with all my inventory. So it was really very eye opening for me that a, a simple to to make a simple shift in the way I think about God and other people as God being our father and other people being his children, my brothers and sisters it's a a much different way to look at the world and and if I have that attitude, I behave a lot differently and that does mold my ideals if i if I'm based in that principle, my behavior my thoughts my my words and with that I'll pass. Thank you, Chrissy. Go ahead, Paula. Paula, Paula D, go ahead. It does help when you're unmuted to for everyone to hear so much better. <laughs> this would be Paula D, and uh, recovered by and with the grace of God. You know, I was just and first thank you, Amy, for your service, and thank you for being a timer that backs me up here. So if I forget, I got this pleasant little reminder time. So I am grateful for that. <laughs> There's no judgment. <laughs> Sometimes we think there is, but there isn't. And I'm just going to go along here. I'm just going to camp out, but I'm going to end with, but first I want to just, in meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. Now that's when I'm quiet. I know that I know that this is not the paragraph, but just want to back it up for just a moment. In other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. Okay, my ego wants to make some things bigger and some things less. I don't know about your ego, but that's what mine does. Just like any other problem, it isn't bigger, Paula. You might want to make it. But now I'm going to move on to the next page. So now I'm quiet. And I'm realizing what it is. Another reminder. And I need reminders. And now I want to go on. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Well, watch a child stumble. What they do is they get up. I know. Sounds very complex, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Not until we get involved. 
Now watch what it says here. And I love this. It depends on us and our motives. Has it been said before? Yes. Does it bear repeating always for me? Because I need to look a little closer. Look a little different. And then it tells you, if we are sorry for what we have done, and you'll know, by the way, you'll know because the judging will stop for yourself and others. And we have the honest desire to let God take us to better things. Wow. You mean I can't take myself? No. God takes us to better things. We believe we will be forgiven and we will have learned our lesson. If we are not, I love this on the other hand, and our conduct continues, and this is the word, to harm others. Do no harm. Stop observing them. Start observing you. That's where the change was. I realized I was harming people. Once I meditated and I was quiet, I could see it. If our conduct continues to harm others, it'll extend. We are quite sure to drink. Do you see where the harm? It's more than the others. It will come to you, too. We're not theorizing. And I love this because Lord knows I love to. These are facts out of our experience. Yep. That's what experience has such a value, as our friend Henry Ford says. Use it, Paula. Use it, whoever you are. I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share. And now with that, I pass. And thank you. Thank you, Paula. Kim G., go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, I love the warnings in the book. The warnings really let me know what happens if I don't continue to make this a part of my daily living. So we're told here, if we are sorry, that we will be forgiven and we we will learn our lesson. But if we're not sorry, we're quite sure to drink. So for me, when I looked at this part of the inventory as far as the sex conduct was, my personal experience was I didn't even go on a date until I was 26 because of my obesity. I came into OA when I was 27, so I didn't have a lot of experience. So I was going to need some time with God to create an ideal because I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. And if I continued to work towards that ideal with God, I learned. I learned when I dated a guy, oh, this is not what I want. And I was going to need to do that in order to learn that lesson. I needed to ask God into that. But the part I wanted to concentrate on is if we are not sorry, then we are going to have to, you know, because we are not theorizing. These are facts out of our own experience. So I had to look at this not just with the sex conduct, but with all aspects of my life. You know, for example, a big one was me when I learned went through this process was gossip. You know, when I feel bad about myself, the way I feel better is to put down other people. So if I was going to choose to continue to gossip, I was going to eat again. And they're not theorizing. So when I work on these ideals in all my relationships and in all the different ways I work in my 10 and 11, if I do not continue to grow towards that ideal, what's going to happen is I'm going to grow towards a relapse. You know, and I think to myself, my own experience again, page 25, where it says, and I'm going to, I'm going to um, paraphrase it, I'm going to have the book open, you know, that, that we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences which has revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards God, and towards our fellows. And I had to see that I've had some deep experiences the first 17 years in OA, but they weren't effective because I kept relapsing over and over again. 
And what I see was I would work these principles until I got out of pain, and then I would go back to my own behavior. So a revolution is a complete changing, an overtaking of a government. That government was Kim's self-will. And I was going to have to have God's will come in there to overcome that government, and I was going to have to change my attitude towards God, towards my fellows, and towards my universe. I wasn't going to be able just to tweak things and go back to my old behaviors. Because what happens if I tweak things and go back to my old behaviors? It's warning you here right yet again. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing. These are facts out of our own experience. And I'm so grateful today that I not only look at the promises, but I look at these warnings and I heed these warnings, which makes me seek a solution with the desperation of the drowning woman. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Renata G. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning. Good morning, family. This is Renata G., Recovered Composed Provider in New York. And uh, I'm going to pick back a little bit on what Kim was saying. You know, uh, I lost the paragraph here. Because what I understand about this paragraph, the way I look at this, is it's about my whole inventory, not just sex. You know, I think sex is uh, the hardest um, part of myself to you know, really control, like it's the instinct that, you know, it's the hardest. But, um, you know, it says, suppose we fall short of our chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we're going to get drunk? And, you know, if I'm not sorry, if I'm, even if I don't have the willingness to let God change me, yes. You know, and I, I look at this as, well, I was shown in the resentment inventory what was my part, right? Like what were the behaviors that were driving me to the food that were causing havoc, you know? Where was I being selfish, self-centered, dishonest, fearful? I had a fear inventory that God has given me specific directions on how to go about my life, you know? And now in the sex inventory, again, specific directions on how to uh, act in relationships how to be honest, how to clean up the past. And so, you know, I know in the past I've had an attitude of what can I get away with, you know? So, okay, I did this again, even though I knew it was not God's will for me, but, well, I didn't eat. So, you you know, maybe I can get away with it. So I'll keep doing the same thing over and over and over, and then I'll just go back and say sorry. Or I'll just go to my higher power and say, please forgive me. And never change. So, you know, if there is no change, there is no change, right? So I have to be willing to be the person that God showed me in this inventory that, you know, that is God's will for me to be and not what I want, what Renata wants to be, because that was not working anyway. And so, you know, if I fall short and I do my step work and I clean up and next time the same situation comes up, you know, I take that pause moment and I look at it. Okay, what is God's will for me here? You know, and then I'm giving an opportunity to my higher power to show me a better way, to change me and not just going ahead and like acting out of self-will because that never worked for me. That always drove me back to the food. With that, I pass. Thanks. 
Renata, we are going to move ahead to the next paragraph. I'd like Martha Z to please read. Good morning, Amy. This is Martha Z. Can you hear me? Good morning. I hear you very well. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. To sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and for the strength to do the right thing. If sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. We think of their needs and work for them. This takes us out of ourselves. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. So um, it says we earnestly pray. So looked up earnestly, sincerely, pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and the strength to do the right thing. So that's, they sometimes call this the earnest prayer, and that's the third of the um, sex prayers. I like to call them relationship prayers. So if we remember, the first prayer was we ask God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. And the second one was we ask God what we should do in each specific matter. So this would be, this would be the third one. So then it says if sex is very troublesome, and I have in my margin, so I, I guess this was from my guide. Um, after sex, I have um, anything. So if anything is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. We think of their needs. And then it says, this takes us out of ourselves. And um, in the last, just imperious, you're like, I uh, looked that up, overwhelming. Okay. So... Um, yeah, so I wanted to just go into if anything is very troublesome, and I find that, um, like, like, let's take resentment and fear. Um, I'm really afraid about something, and I, you know, I, I do the step ten process, and and I ask God to remove, and I, and I talk to somebody, and I make amends if I need to, and then it says, and we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help, and I find that. Even when I've done the the other three things, if there's 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 some residual fear left, there's still like an edge of it. When I, um, you know, try to help someone else, when I when I go and I help someone else, when I get done that, I it really that really is the thing that that makes the difference, you know. But but it is because it takes us out of ourselves, and in that's what this whole program is about. We're, we're to be of maximum service to God and, and the people around us. So anyway, that's all I have today. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much. Now who would like to share on this paragraph that was read? Lynn S. Alexis H. Melissa C. Leah M. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put myself in here too. I got Lynn S. I have Leah M. Myself, I missed someone else in there. Alexa Melissa. H. Oh, Melissa. Melissa C. Okay. Janice M. O. Somebody O. Missed the first name. Janice M. O. Janice M. O. Okay. Thanks. That should probably go us here. Lynn S. 
myself, Leah M., Melissa C., and Janice M.O. Go ahead, Lynn. Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada, a recovering compulsive overeater. I've been listening to these paragraphs about sex, and it always I always chuckle over it, really, because I've been in programs since 1989, and I've been single since 1989, and I haven't dated for 15 or 20 years, so... I kind of just laugh, and I'm, I'm going, I'm ever hopeful, you know, something's going to come up. But really, when it comes down to it, it's talking about relationships. It's talking about dealing with situations in our life. It's talking about, you know, dealing the best possible relationships we can have with people. And yesterday was an incredibly difficult day for me that, that seemed to get worse by the minute. And I am so grateful for these parts that we are reading right now because they apply to everything that happens in our life. And especially in this paragraph, we earnestly pray for the right ideal for anything in our life, for guidance in each questionable situation, for anything that's happening in my life, for sanity and for the strength to do the right thing. And, and I love it, too, when it goes back and you know, look at the parts, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. We let God be the final judge. Really, truly, these paragraphs refer to everything that we've been taught so far on how to work the program and how to have that relationship with God. And I guess what's so wonderful really is here here they're saying, too, you can have this in the sex relationship, in the sex area. It works. This program is amazing. It works for so many addictions. And it works for what is troubling us in our life, what is blocking us from connecting with God and being God-directed people. I know this helped me incredibly yesterday, and thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I just wanted to chime in here real quickly. To sum it up, well, again, as it's been mentioned, yesterday and today how important it is to work obviously this out with a recovered sponsor and it was very clear to me in my experience as we were working through this process that my my sex ideal prior to coming to program and how I used sex was was not healthy in any way shape or form and for me to even conceive of something that was a a godly ideal was was so foreign to me I mean I used sex like I used the food you know, and I was not capable at that point as a young single woman at age 22 to really understand what that was to be for me. And as Larry had said, it was something that evolved over time. And the fellowship was very helpful with other recovered people to help me along in that process. But I will tell you, my sponsor said to me that I refrain from any relationship because I didn't know how to have relationships. I mean, I that saying in the rooms is, you know, I didn't take relationships. I took hostages. I was incapable. The only relationship that I had coming into program was with an inanimate object, food, any substance that altered my mood. And, you know, when she asked to be willing to not have any relationships, do any dating, and just focus on your program for yourself, for your relationship with your higher power developed, and not have anything blocked for a year. And it talks about at the beginning of this chapter, you know, some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. But, you know, if you want what we are having or willing to go to any length, was I willing to go to any length? And it became very clear to me 
that I could not have relationships without relapsing at that point. And it was more important for me to, to stay in this process and to work this program first for myself and developing that relationship with my higher power because I couldn't do it. As soon as I started dating or putting in a relationship, I made that person God, just like I did with the food. So I had to learn what it was that I needed to do for myself and to not have sex be in the picture for the first year or relationships at all. And that was a difficult thing to do, but it was worth it because I wasn't willing to pay the price of relapse anymore. To me, to eat was to die. So I was willing to go to any length. And that evolution of that is incredible. And that's how it was summed up for me. Was I willing to go to any length when it became revealed to me in that inventory? And I was, by the grace of God in this programming, those of you who had gone before. You know, it says here, we throw ourselves harder into helping others. I was able through that year to establish this idea of service and how, it, and how it serves us and serves our fellowship and how it gives me immunity from compulsively overeating. It takes us out of ourselves. Anything that takes us out of ourselves. And with that, I'll pass. Leah M., go ahead. Thanks so much, Amy. Hi, can you just take Melissa off the list? Thanks. All righty. Uh, to sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. You know, recovery is not an overnight sensation, uh, that's for sure. Uh, the big book, you know, teaches that to get over compulsive overeating, over drinking will require transformation of thought and attitude. And, of course, these action steps uh, enable that transformation to occur. Um, the practice of it, you know, takes time and guidance and prayer uh, and strength to do the right thing. Um, you know, the very first thing to recognize in all this is that the sex instinct is is not the cause of our sexual problems. The real causes are our selfishness, our dishonesty, our fear, and inconsiderate uh, habits. And when those character defects direct our actions in pursuit of other things, such as self-esteem, pride, uh, you know, security in these relationships, material security, emotional security, and feel-good feelings and fulfillment of all our ambitions, you end up causing pain and difficulty for other people and for yourself. And so that guidance that Amy just mentioned, um, you know, is – is extremely beneficial because the transformation, of course, does take time, and you know we want to we we don't want to create a mess when we're trying to clean ourselves up. Um, our sexuality may be what you used to pursue to get these ends, but it's not the source of our problems. The source of our problems is us. So wherever you go, there you are. You know so. Um, you know, I, I do like that guidance of staying out of relationships uh, until uh, we are transformed and uh, changed. Um, the big book obviously gives us further directions 
Uh, it explains exactly what to do when sex becomes, you know, particularly difficult to deal with. And the answer is to throw yourself harder into helping others, not for what you think is for their sake, um, but getting out of yourself for your own sake, of course, is extremely helpful. Getting out of yourself and helping others is the ultimate method of escape um, from selfishness, dishonesty, fearfulness, and inconsiderate. Um, behavior. And once again, you know, there is one solution for all the problems here in OA. The problems are irrelevant, whether it's sex or any other problem. And how can there be one solution for all problems? Well, we're the last group of people that should be doubting one solution, right? I don't know about you, but food was already, was always my solution for every problem uh, that reared its head in my previous life. Uh, today, it's God and uh, the program of recovery and these principles that direct me and govern my mind uh, so that I can behave in a more elevated fashion. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Uh, there was someone who said something, and I think it was about moving them to last. Was that Melissa or Janice? Uh, I, Melissa, I have you up next. Melissa C has to be taken off the list. Okay, yeah, Melissa, thank you. Thank you. I didn't catch all of that. Thank you very much. Janice, please go ahead. Janice M.O. Hi, everybody. This is Janice I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Philadelphia, near Philadelphia. And um, I just wanted to share what's been coming up for me over the last couple of days, just as we read and share. And, um, you know, I just love it. Just as we pray for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and the strength to do the right thing. And what struck me yesterday was, you know, I pray for the right ideal. But then I have to be cautious about what I expose myself to as far as like what I watch on TV, what music I listen to. And, you know, even, um, yeah, it just struck me yesterday. I was watching a movie and, you know, I was so annoyed and irritated afterwards. I thought, wow, you know, I felt that I had washed my brain in like sugar or something like that. And I just thought, wow, I really need to pray for the strength to do the right thing and not expose myself to things that don't line up to my ideal in sex or in the way I relate to others. Um, the other thing that I wanted to share too is that, you know, I've been married uh, 29 years and, you know, just the evolution of how we express our you know, sexuality in a relationship over the years, you know, as our bodies change and as we age. And, you know, it's just been a beautiful thing. Um, to be in recovery and to just seek God's wisdom and and how I express my femininity, you know, in the world and in my relationship with my husband. And, you know, I just um, love what somebody shared, to, just to see men as my brothers, you know. And, um, you know, I was raised with all sisters and a very distorted view of men. And I'm so blessed with, you know, a wonderful husband and two sons. And, um you know, just learning that men are human too. And that sounds so silly, but it's been such a blessing, you know, that, you know, men have feelings and needs and thoughts. And, and you know, I never thought men, um, I don't know, I just never saw men that way. And I'm just so grateful for recovery, you know, and, and coming to terms with the things I used to think and, and you know, coming to see the truth about, you know, my fellows and, um, you know, just respect their needs instead of pushing for what I want all the time. So, um, 
Yeah, I think that's all I wanted to share. And I just thanks everybody for being on the line and for everybody's service. And I will pass. Thank you, Janice. On that note, it is 7.55. I would like to thank everyone who has shared, especially our reader, Katie S., Martha Z., Nadia B., Anita L., and Diane G. Thank you so much for your service and everyone who shared. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nadia, please, if you would get on the line and get a vision for you, that would be great. Good morning. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive awaiter. Uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.